when I was about Cage's age, um, we got a box at the house, okay? And so this was long before Amazon, okay? You know, a box comes now, you don't care. You, you've forgotten even what you've ordered, you know, most of the time, right? Man, a box came to the house, and it had my name on it. And I'm 10 years old, and uh, it was a Bible, all right? Uh, I wasn't real excited about that at 10. I was hoping for, you know, Hot Wheels or, or whatever. And this was 1978. How many of y'all were, how many of y'all were, I'm not going to, you hurt my feelings. I'm not going to even ask, all right? So it was 1978, but I didn't know what it was. So I kept, Mom, 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 what is it? What is it? It's a Christmas gift. It's a Christmas gift. It's a Christmas gift. Uh, what is it, Mom? You know, being a 10-year-old boy. Fine. Here, take it. It's a Bible. That's not how you present a Bible, Mom, you know? And every mom in the room went, I get it. I get it. I had to have done the same thing. Well, this Bible sat beside my bed. Um, you know, so I was 10, so I, knowing me, I was in second grade. But anyway, I was 10, and um, so fifth, sixth, through middle school, through high school, and sometimes the, the dust on this Bible would get so thick, I could just, I could just sit there and, and doodle on it, you know? And throughout those years, from, from 10 through, through high school, maybe a couple years beyond, Mama said, hey, you need to go have a quiet time. Well, that was like speaking German to me. I remember going in. I can picture this to my, in my head. The, the room's quiet. I got my Bible. What do I do with it? And so I did like all of you probably did. I started with Genesis 1-1. You know, God created the heavens and the earth, right? You know how I memorized that? Because I've started reading the Bible a million times in my life. That's how I memorized that. You know, it's not because I thought, that's a great verse to remember. No, I've read it so many times. And sometimes I would make it all the way to Leviticus. And we all know that was the death knell to me reading the Bible as a kid. All right? But I just didn't know what to do. Some of you may be in that place. Man, you've, you've heard about it. And this is a course we used to teach at East Ridge years ago. This is not original material. But this is a course. But some of you, man, this may be where you're at, man. You, you know you need to. But it's like speaking German. You don't know how to do it. So today we're going to, in this series, Knowing God. And what I love about this lesson, it's not about knowing about God. No, you actually come to know God in, in this scripture, in, in this practice of a daily time with God. And so maybe for you, my goal is this. Some of you, that, hey, this will help you get started. You, you'll understand. Maybe some of you are just in this spiritually dry place. And man, I'm praying today that, man, the Lord's going to, man, just renew that in you. And maybe you're just in a rut. You're just in a rut, and you just, you just want out of it. So my goal today is to really those three things. Man, help you get started, get out of the rut, or maybe remove that spiritual dryness. A couple of scriptures I want to look at first, though. Paul told the church at Colossae, he said, Hey, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, he's just not talking to individuals. He's talking about the whole church. So it's normal that the word of Christ, not just from Sunday mornings, but it's normal that the, the word of Christ would dwell in us richly, in each one of us. Well, then he tells the church at Philippi, he says this, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. The Word of God dwelling in us richly. What does that look like? Okay. And then God who's working in us. You know what that's called? That's called power. And that's called power. And you know what? I, I want to tap into that power. I want you to want to tap into that power. I, I want you to tap into the power because here's what I believe happened to me for a large part of my Christian walk. And maybe you can relate to this too. I, 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 we joined a new church and, man, it was exciting. It was great. 
And man, the zeal was there. We started serving and all that and all the events we, we went to, but something started to wane. Well, now I feel like I did at my old church. Man, I know what this feeling feels like. What it was is I was lacking power. I was lacking the power of God. I was lacking the word of God dwelling in me richly. I was lacking him working in my life. Now, I know what my own power gets me. My own power gets me anxiety. My own power gets me depression. My own power can lead to addiction. My own power can lead to worry and shame and regret and rinse and repeat. I know what my own power gets me. And how do we tap in to this power? Man, we see God working in us, causing us to act according to his good and perfect power, good and perfect plan. Now, I know this too about some of you. Sometimes you look at other people and go, man, it's just all, it's hitting on all cylinders for them. Man, that, man, they just seem to have the joy and the peace. And man, when hard times come, man, they just plow right through it, man. Their walk with God is so vibrant. And that's not just for special people. No, that's for the people of God. That's for every person who's ever called on the name of the Lord. That's for everybody. And so I don't know where you are spiritually, but I'm going to tell you something. You can live with the power of God in your life. All right? So here's what is offered to us, okay? Here's what the offer does. James 1.25 says this. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but what? Y'all, that's pitiful. <laughs> I feel bad for you. No. Hey, the first service, uh, they did it a little louder, not much louder. Let's do that one more time. Not forgetting what they've heard, but they will be what? Blessed in what they do. Those who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Now, I want to feel freedom. I want to be free from addictions and, and painful thoughts and, and, and hurtful patterns and hurtful words. I want to be free from the past. I want to be free in the present. But I got to look intently into this perfect law that gives freedom. And he who does this, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. I want that, and I want that for you, and I know you want that. So I got to move fast because we got a lot. You saw that outline when you walked in, didn't you? Some of you thought about it. I'm coming back next week, right? No, we're going to move pretty fast. The importance of a daily time with God. Number one. Now, one thing I, I learned is when the screen came up, everybody decided to write everything down at one time. So I'll give you a second. Go ahead and write everything down. If you want to write it all down at one time, that's great. Okay, that's enough. All right, let's go. We were created to have fellowship with God. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I don't know what lie you believe, but you have been created to have fellowship with God. Jesus said in, in, in Revelation 3.20, he says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, or hears my voice and opens the door, I come in and eat with that person. They eat with me. Now, you've got to understand something about the Jewish culture. Back, back in, in that day, uh, when a relationship was forming, you would be seen in public together. That's like level one, okay? Level two is you may be, see, drink, may be seen drinking water together. But the level three, the deepest, most intimate relationship among friends is where somebody would have them in their house and they would eat together. Man, what Jesus is saying here, I, I want to have the most intimate, most personal relationship with you possible. Number two, Jesus died to make this relationship with him possible. It says this, God is faithful who's called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It says that God gave up that son. 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Number three, personal time alone was Jesus' source of strength. And you'll see it says in, in Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Not like, not lonely, like painful lonely. No, he was alone so he could pray and be with the Father. And if you look through Scripture, every person who's been effective in service to God, man, they, they spent time alone with God. And the reference there is the whole Bible. You, you can pick it up. You can look at Abraham. You can look at Isaac. You can look at Jacob. You can look at Esther. You can look at all throughout the Bible. And you're going to see these people spent time with God. And number five is this. You cannot be a growing Christian without it. You cannot be a growing Christian without it. Jesus wrote, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And man, when we're trying to live on everything but the word of God, man, spiritually we're starving. And when you're starving spiritually, you don't have the spiritual energy. You don't, you don't have... Um, self-discipline, you, you don't have the joy that, man, that is all available to us. Job said, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. It says in Psalm 119, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. And there's a lot there. there. There's the importance of it. But now let's just talk real quickly about the purpose of a daily time with God. Number one is this. Man, when we meet with God, it's to give devotion to God. Man, it's not to get, man, it, 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 it is, man, to give him devotion. Hezekiah, King Hezekiah said this about him. And everything he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God. He sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. And so he prospered. Man, when you meet with God, one of the things you're going to do, you're going to pray through your day. Hey, God, I want, I want to do this morning, this breakfast. I, I want to do it. I, I want to be kind and, and sweet and, and joyful to whoever's around me. Or, and when I go to work, God, man, Lord, that is your place, and I'm your instrument, and I'm going to encourage or, or whatever you want me to do here today. I'm going to do it in a way. I'm going to work in a way that honors you. Man, that is what we do. Number two is to get direction from God. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you're my God, my Savior, my hopes in you all day long. Friday afternoon, I'm, I'm at um, Goodwill. Yes, I paid $374 for this shirt. But anyway, I'm, I'm at Goodwill, and um, I get a phone call. And a friend of mine's mom passed away. He says, Scott, I, I want you, we want you to do the funeral. I said, when is it? He goes, Sunday afternoon. You know what I'm thinking. I'm preaching Sunday morning, and I'm speaking Tuesday night at, at a men's event. And, I'm, and in my mind, I'm, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. Tracy, my wife's mom, is passing away, and so she's up and coming with her mom. And so I'm just thinking, this is, this is, I don't have time. And he says, Scott, they really want you to do it. And I'm like, oh, man. So I said, let me talk. And so Tracy and I talked, and... Man, I, you know what? In just a moment, I was just saying, Lord, what do I do? And talking to Tracy, I want to do that funeral. I love this person. And then Saturday morning hits, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it. You know what? He led me and guided me. In that quiet time, man, he led me and guided me. You know what? The third thing is this, to gain delight in God. 
Psalm 37, 4 says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I don't always wake up in a, I don't, very rarely do I wake up in a good mood. Not, not that I'm in a bad mood. I just don't want to be around anybody. You know, I just, I want to be around the Lord. And, you know, Christmas break was great, except for the kids were home. And, um, but it was great, you know, but it just sort of interrupted my morning time, my morning routine a little bit. But I'll tell you this, there's never been a time that I went to God in a bad mood or, or down or whatever it may be. That being in his presence didn't lift me up. That it did not change me by being in his word and looking at his characteristics, all right? Uh, the fourth thing is this, just to grow more like Christ. I, I love First Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says this, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. His divine power, which we're tapping into through this practice of a daily time with God, has given us everything we need for a godly life. I'm telling you, some of the struggles that you and I face a lot of times, it's not because they're so strong. It's often because we're not tapping into the power that God provides. He's stronger than any struggle you and I will ever face. And he's wiser than any problem that we're ever going to come across. We just need to tap into that. So how do we begin this, this daily time with God? Hey, number one is this. All right, this is how we're going to do it. You're going to select a specific time. So let me ask you a question. How many of you are morning people? You, you just, you're morning. There's eight of you, 10 of you, 12, right? How, how many of you are, are night owls? How many of you are night owls? All right. How many of y'all are like middle of the day? You're at your best. How many of y'all never wake up? <laughs> uh, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm seeing, man. <laughs> um, when you set this time, when you select this time, you want to do it at a time that's at your best, okay? You want to do it at a time that, that's at your, your best. Now, you also, too, you want to choose a special place. Now, we're getting some things um, handled here, okay? You want to select a specific time, and you want to do a special place. Now, here, here's where most of the time I'm meeting, okay? This is, you know, we, we have a pretty nice house, but I get one corner, but this is it. This is it right here. And that's, that's where I mean, that's my journal. That, or that was the journal I was using at the time. And, and, the, and that's my Bible. And then there's a pile of books in that basket and a computer cord. You know what? That's typically my place. That's where I meet. And you know what? That, that, that's in the corner of our dining room. And sometimes I walk by there and I know that that's a special place. And then sometimes during the day, um, I'll just go and sit in there. And I know this is where I meet, with, I meet with the Lord. Now, not always, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit, because sometimes you need to change it up. But you need a specific time. You need a specific place. It says this in Luke twenty two thirty nine. 39. Jesus went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. Jesus had a, a routine, a, a habit of where he would go. But here's the, the important factor. It says this in Mark one thirty five. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, here's the, here's the key factor. It's about being alone. Now, I know a lot of couples have their devotions together, and I'm discipling a guy, and, and he told me he and his wife have their devotions together. I said, well, you need to stop that. I mean, you still have devotions with your wife. I'm not against that. But you need to pull away and be alone with the Father. Because sometimes you're going to be distracted by what she's reading or what she's saying or whatever, you need to hear what the Father has for you. 
And then sometimes, let's just be honest, we're not going to be completely honest with God if there's another person beside us. So the important factor is be alone, okay? So how do we begin? Attitude is everything, all right? So begin with the right attitude. The first attitude is this, reverence. Reverence. Psalm 46.10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Listen, there is no greater power that you and I can meet with. We could combine all the military power and all the political power uh, around the world. We could bring all the scientific power all together, and it would not equal, come close to equaling who the power of God. We could bring all the wisest men together, and it would not come close to the wisdom we find when we meet with God. And I've often heard it said that, you know, oh, I'm too busy to meet with God. Man, if we're too busy to meet with God, we don't understand who we're meeting with. Man, we got a God that loves us, that's crazy about us, that bought us, purchased us, wants to fill us, wants to lead us, guide us, and has everything available to us in order to walk and be blessed in everything we do. Man, this should be our most, uh, our, our biggest priority, and we approach it with reverence. Also, too, expectancy. Expectancy. You know, Psalm 119 says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And we're going to get into the nuts and bolts in here in a minute. But listen, th- there's never been a time I, I, I've, I've met with him, unless I had sin in my life, we'll talk about that, that I didn't get something from him. Man, I, I, I met with him yesterday morning expecting him to lay out how I was going to get everything done this weekend. Third attitude is this. There needs to be a willingness to obey. It says anyone who wants to do the will of God, and I think everybody here wants to do the will of God, but we've got to want it. It says you'll know whether my teaching is from God or it's just merely my own. Listen, man, if you want to do the will of God and, you, and you're, you're willing to do that, he's going to lay it out for you. He's going to share that with you. It does not have to be a mystery. Now, so a couple of things you're going to need is this. You're, you're going to need a you know, Bible, you know, one that you understand. If you don't have a Bible and there should be some underneath the chair, you take one of, one of those. Um, a, a notebook or, or, or a journal and, and something to write with, a pen. So let's look at the nuts and bolts real quick. 15 minutes with God. We're going to start with 15 minutes, and you, could, you can let it grow. And listen, if you want to do 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening, there, there's no rule to this. You can do it as many times as you want, okay? First thing you want to do is this. You just want to relax. Now, for you non-morning people that are trying to do it in the morning, be careful here because <laughs> you will doze off. <laughs> Done it, been there. Um, second thing is this. You just want to read. You want to read, you know, just four, four minutes. Now, at the end of this service here, you can write on the Connect card, uh, RP, and that stands for Reading Plan, okay? And uh, if you want a reading plan, uh, the church will contact you and provide you with a reading plan. We're going to talk about the importance of that in a minute. But just read for four minutes. Read, read until God spoke to you, but it's so important that you have a plan. Because you know what? If, if not, if you're doing this method, Oh God, 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 speak to me, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. Judas went out and hung himself. No, that's, that's, that's not it, God. I, uh, when I graduated high school, I, um, I got another 30 minutes. When I graduated, I'm just kidding. When I graduated high school, um, I went to Clemson for two weeks. That's a long story, but, um, yeah, I got all I needed. And, um, 
Then, then I, I came home that following semester. I went to the College of Charleston. I went for three months. Man, I really, if you really think about it, I, I did really well. I went three months instead of two weeks. And then I quit with a month left. And I was just running from the Lord and stuff. Well, then I, I got saved and I was taking classes at a technical college and marketing and stuff like that. And one day I opened up my Bible. God, God, what are you going to do? Show me your will. Protect the widows and the orphans. You want me to be a lawyer. So I enrolled at the University of South Carolina under pre-law, which I know blows most of your mind. I got accepted. And God intervened. If you don't have a plan and you're just doing this method, I'm not saying it's always wrong, okay? But it can mislead you. Man, have a plan, put it on the Connect card, RP, and they'll help you out. So you want to relax, you want to read, and then you just want to reflect, Ask some questions. Here, here's some questions right here. Um, is there an attitude to adjust? I'm going to go pretty quickly. Promise to claim, priority to change, a lesson to learn, an issue to revolve, a command to obey, activity, a truth, an idol to tear down, an offense to forgive, new direction to take. Is there a sin to confess? You get to where you're doing this so often, you don't even think about it anymore. It just pops up. Whether it's a sin, whether it's an attitude, Sometimes there's something to thank God for. Man, just, just reflect on it for a minute. That's why I like to highlight or underline in my Bible and, and write it down in my journals. So you want to relax. You want to read. You want, you want to reflect. You want, then you want to do this. You want to record. Here's where you write down what you need to do based on the previous questions. And this doesn't have to be extensive. Doesn't have to, you just write down maybe just a couple of bullets. You know, and then the last part is request. You just end that time in prayer. And I would encourage you in, in with the Lord's Prayer, you know, just sort of pray through it as a model. I know that um, there's different models. I'm sure Gary has taught on them here as well. Now, you will face problems when you try to do this. I mean, Satan's going to look. He does not. I, I promise you, I'm not even trying to say it. I'm just he does not want you to do this at all. Okay, so how do you overcome the problems with your daily time with God? First one's discipline. Am I going to get out of bed? All right, so here's what we need to do. We need to go to bed on time. How many, nobody struggles with that, right? We're all adults, right? I still struggle with that, you know. Go to bed on time. Get up immediately. Be aware of quiet time robbers. Now, the quiet time robbers don't happen when you get up. They happen before you go to bed. It can be, you know, streaming something on Netflix it can be, y'all know what this is? Yeah, I'm guilty, right? It can be what's on Facebook, you know, what's on Instagram, what's on YouTube, you know. And before you know it, you know, 10 minutes is, is an hour. And then it's time to get up and you don't want to do it. Fall asleep thinking spiritual thoughts. And take, if you wrote something down in, in, in your journal or your notebook, man, review that when you go to bed and just... Fall asleep talking to God about those things that you, that you did. Now let's talk about the next problem, which is the problem of distractions, okay? Get out of bed. Get thoroughly awake. How many of y'all drink water the first thing in the morning? All right. I drink water, and then I drink a lot of coffee. How many of you drink coffee? All right, good. All God's people do. All right. Read and pray aloud. Sometimes, sometimes you just need to read aloud, you know, or pray aloud. Change it up sometimes. Walk during your prayer time. 
man, if it's not this next coming week, but when it's nice outside, walk during your prayer time. And again, keep a notepad nearby just so you can write down things that he's sharing you. Now, there's also this problem of dryness, and I've been there, and that's where you, you judge your daily time with God by your feelings. Listen, I've been married 30, coming up on 35 years, and I, I know this right now. Tracy does not roll over every morning, look at me, and go, wow, what a man. Yeah, you know, I know that, okay? She didn't tell me that, but I know that to be true. Um, but I don't base our relationship based on that. Don't base your relationship based on your feelings with with this, with, with your quiet time. Okay, listen, I don't always wake up in a good positive mood, but I get in the Word anyway. I get in the Word anyway, and almost always, I really can't think of a time He didn't change me, all right? And I pray anyway. Usually, this is some of the problems with quiet time. It can be physical condition. You can be sick. You can have the flu. You can be coming down with something. You can just be out of shape, some, you know, and then sometimes you might just be exhausted. So I will say this. Sometimes, you know what you need to do? Go back to bed. I'll say that. Man, there have been times that I've just been tired, and I went back to bed, and I woke up. Man, it was a brand new day. And it was maybe only 40 minutes. Or if you're like me, sometimes you're getting six hours a night, you know, all week long. And then Friday night, man, you get that glorious eight-hour night. You wake up, and Saturday's like, oh, my gosh. This is what healthy feels like. Well, we base our spiritual uh, relationships sometimes with the Lord on our, on our feelings, but sometimes you're just tired. And let me say this. If you're a mom of, of one preschooler, or mul- especially if you're multiple pre- preschoolers, and if you work too, you are exhausted. And God doesn't love you any less because you're struggling with this discipline. He doesn't. Look, I've, I've met with moms of, uh, of the last 30-plus years who feel guilty because they're not meeting with God. I'm going to tell you something. You're exhausted. And these kids are just, they're around all the time. You can't get rid of them, you know? So let me say this. Husbands, if, if you're married, and, and, and you know what? And, and let me say, if you're not married, and you're in a, if, you're, if you're not in a growth group, get in one, but reach out to your growth group. I say, y'all, could y'all take the kids? I just I need some time by myself. I just want to spend time with the Lord. It doesn't have to be every day, but, but do that. But also, too, if you are married husbands, man, provide a window of time for them to meet with the Lord. I'm telling you, it's going to bless her, to bless you, to bless your family. Man, provide that time. Another thing is this, rushing your quiet time, you know, saying, i got to be working 10 minutes, Lord, speak to me quick. Man, that's never happened to me. Yeah, he's like, yeah, get up earlier. Um, getting in a rut. So really depending upon the year, I, I, I change the place where my quiet time is. Man, in springtime, I'm going to be outside, and, and, you know, I'm sitting in the early morning sun trying to be there when the sun comes up. I love that. Uh, in the winter, I'm going to be beside the fireplace. But change it up. Sometimes being in a rut, you just need to change your location up. And also, too, not sharing insights with others. I read this in the commentary in my quiet time this morning. Um, I want to get it right. God does share things with us. And not only is he transforming us in these moments with him, he's also making us sensitive to the needs of others around us. So sometimes you're, you're going to get a, a psalm or a proverb or something out of Matthew, whatever it may be. And then a name's going to come to mind. 
Man, share that with them. Man, share that with them. Problems of diligence, and we're going to wrap up pretty quickly. Your greatest problem will be your struggle to stay consistent. And again, I find Satan fights nothing harder than our quiet time. Make a vow, a covenant with God. Schedule it on your daily calendar. Be prepared for Satan's excuse. You say, look, you, you just you heard a lot about it yesterday. You don't have to do it tomorrow morning. So you don't have to do it because you just heard a lot about it. You're going to nail it tomorrow. You were at church yesterday. Leave your Bible open at night to the passage for the next day. This is not the Bible I use. My Bible that I use for my quiet time is sitting uh, on, by the fireplace right now. And, um, and then it's got these little post-it notes that um, remind me where I'm going to pick up reading tomorrow. And here's what I know to be true. Here's what I know to be true. We need the accountability of other people. So I know growth groups going to be starting up pretty soon. I know ministry teams, y'all are going all the time and thankful for you. Leaders, growth group leaders, uh, ministry team leaders, share your commitment to meeting with the Lord with your team. And you know what you'll do? You'll make it safe for them to share their commitment, and you'll make it safe for everybody to share their struggles with it. You know, be graceful as always, because, man, God is so gracious to us. Listen, in order for you and I to transform, to leave, her, leave behind the person we don't want to be, but to become the person God has intended, man, to break free from addictions, to find joy in the anxiety and to find peace in the depression, develop this daily time with God. Listen, you need the Word of God, you need the Spirit of God, and you need the people of God. And I guarantee you, you develop this discipline, man, you're going to see God working in your life in ways you've always dreamed of. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for um, your word. I thank you for your spirit. God, I thank you for the grace of other people. I thank you for your church. And Lord, I, I pray this. Lord, I, I pray, Father, that this people will know that you're the Lord God and that you are turning their hearts to you. And God, I, I pray, Lord, we would be a transformed people this time next year. Man, if Lord, just in two weeks, we'd be a transformed people. So, Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. And we love you.